podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppin Frackers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Coffee and Fracas, powered by Touchline Media Group. I am your host, Chris, and today I'm joined by, I really have got, an, I, I know I always say it, but I have actually got today an all-star cast of Coffee and Contributors. I've got Ellis, I've got Harold, and I've got Peter. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening as we're recording? Shalom. All is well. How are you, sir? I'm right, you know. No, 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 Chris. No, 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 no. Shalom, Ellis. Ellis okay, said shalom. Shalom. When, when, when have you ever done that? When, when have you ever taken a shot like that? When, when have you ever practiced that, Ellis? What's wrong with me? That's a shalom, isn't it? Hey, I'm a man at peace. Top four. I'm a man at peace. <laughs> yeah, the, the Champions League got man acting mad. <laughs> got man acting mad, but I, I'm happy to have Harold back, man. It's been a long time, Harold, man. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Sorry, guys. Life, life yeah. just going away, but I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. A perfect time as well. It be that way sometimes, man. It be that way. But glad to, glad to have you back, bro. Good to have the cast on as always to talk about all things LFC. The season has ended, but before we do, kick into gear and start this podding that we love to do oh so much. Um, the season might have ended, but the Cop and Fracas content does not end. The drought is not coming. If you are a Patreon subscriber, I mean, you can tell the people what you've, you, what you've already gained and what you can be expecting, but I'll do the talking for you. Um, from just a little of £3 a month, you can get a wealth of current Cop and Fracas content. And, of course, all the stuff we've got planned throughout the Euros, throughout the summer. We're going to be covering transfers. We'll be covering squad rebuilding. AOB, you name it, we've got it. And again, just for a little three pound a month, you'll get access to all of that. So 
just head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas and subscribe today. You won't regret it. So, gents, it's been a mad season, isn't it? It's been a been a weird old season when you think about it. It feels like it's gone on for the better part of seven years. I've aged tremendously. Um, when this pod started, I was a man with short hair, and now I look like the road warrior from um, from Mad Max. So that's happened. But this season has come to an end, um, and Liverpool came out 2-0 winners at home to Crystal Palace and somehow ended up third in the league when a few weeks ago we were in eighth place, which is which is funny, uh, had us all down the dumps, had Harold tweeting about the Lakers, had Fahi tweeting about R&B music, had Ellis just tweeting wreck. Um, I became a full-time WWE account. It was, it was some rough times, man. It was some really, really rough times. But let's start off with, with the game we're going to talk about. We'll talk about the end of the season, the run we went on a little bit later in the pub. But 2-0 at home to Crystal Palace. We had the fans back in the ground. And Els, I'll come to you first and foremost. How nice was it? to see Anfield back-roaring um, and the players really getting a little bit of an extra boost at this late stage of the season from that crowd as well. Yeah, it was nice, man. Hear the songs, hear the uh, roar after them, you never walk alone. Um, the songs, every, every player getting their song, Gini Van Alden, Mane, Salah, amongst, amongst others. So, yeah, it was nice, man. Um, it kind of felt like the feeling was being restored a little bit. Nature was healing and all that good stuff. So, yeah, it was, it was good. It was good to see, man. Definitely added an extra dimension to the game, that is for sure. And, of course, Liverpool came out 2-0 winners. Harold, I'll come to you. Um, didn't seem really troubled throughout the game, in all honesty. There was that one chance that Andros Townsend had in the first kind of phase of the game, which hands were really on hearts. Real shocking moment there, as we thought it was all going to crumble be- beneath our eyes. But... It was a very controlled performance and something we've come to expect in these latter few games of the season. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think it's been quite reminiscent of a few games that we've had recently where we always look like we're in control. It was like we're in the ascendancy, it always looked like the game is within our within our control. However, um, without trying to do any disservice to our centre-half, it, it does look like they don't provide the greatest of confidence to to us when we're watching. It looks like we're always susceptible to one opportunity. Like we saw that against West Brom and Robson Carnu got his goal. It was just like a lapse, defensive lapse from, from Reese Williams. Obviously I know he's come from Kidderminster, bless him, but that's the kind of thing that we don't, we don't really, we don't really give those chances away. So I just feel like I'm always a bit on edge despite how well Thiago may control the midfield, despite how well Salah may play, Trent may play. Um, I just feel like this one ball over the top, like Chris Wood was getting in behind. Chris Wood was playing on our sh- played on the shoulder. Like that is insane. I can't believe those words have actually come out of my mouth. Um, but yeah, anyway, let, let me know. Anyway, you, 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 you all criminally underrate Chris Wood. I mean, footballer. I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was it was very much it was very much in that it was very much in that vein. So like our last ten games, we've we've won eight, we've we've drawn two, we've been on the best run um, that we, we had since the start of the season. We've won, we've won the best current form in the Premier League. We've played brilliantly. Um, we've won games. Actually, I said we, we, we haven't played brilliantly. We've just won games. Um, certain players have played much better than others. Um, but yeah, like I, go back to this game um, against Palace, reminiscent of games in the past, but I'm just fortunate that we shut up shop. Our goalkeeper was good when we needed him to be. Um, fortunately, Townsend didn't have his shooting boots on him because he had another opportunity as well, if I'm not mistaken, that, that Ali tipped over just, just from a free kick as well. Um, so look, I'm not going to dig out anyone. I'm just happy we're in the not even the top four, in the top three, which is insane. Um, so look, no, no complaints for me. It was a professional performance. 
and I'm 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 happy to see uh Mane at the double as well. Completely agree. Um you do kind of get that little bit of a when you see the, the center but well not like a cat like how I did it there, you know, like a cat hissing there, but you kind of have that little kind of ooh um when you see the center backs on the ball. Uh, there are some moments where they kind of do play themselves into trouble and you're just thinking just someone please hoof it up front uh, for the love of God. Um, but yeah, no, very professional performance. And Peter, I'll come to you. Um, we touched on the, the Liverpool crowd earlier, giving a bit of a boost to some of the players. And I think one of the players he gave a massive boost to was Sadio Mane, as Harold mentioned. He gets two goals in this contest. And I, I don't know what got into him in this game, but we had shades of the old Mane. How impressed were you with him in this um, final game of the season? Yeah, um, I was definitely very, very impressed with Mane and his performance. Um, to be honest, he, he, he's had quite a good month. Um, I see today that he's nominated for Player of the Month along with Alisson. And, like, obviously he's had a bad, well, let's, let's say a tough season. And him and Firmino have come quite clutch in this period. So, um, we were quick to, you know what I'm saying, like, um, give them, like, whatever kind of grief when they were in the down period. So, we have to kind of give them praise as well in this period because they're clearing out clutch with couple goals, you know what I'm saying? His goal against Southampton, he's two goals today. So, yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, he's, he's been really good. Also, like, with I think with Mane, his style kind of lends to having fans in the stadium. So, in terms of receiving the ball, going past players, like, when fans will cheer you on, you know what I'm saying, when you do that. Same with Firmino. Firmino, obviously, will have nice touches and the fans, that gets, that gets fans out of the seats, you know what I'm saying? So, they're going to be, like, they're going to hear the chance of or shouts of the fans and they're going to be a lot more like it's going to kind of boost them when they're playing you know what I'm saying whereas I feel like Salah Salah's game is a lot more like not rob- robotic but like he's more like he's a killer you know what I'm he's going to get his goals regardless but their styles kind of lend to having fans in the stadium with Firmino and Mane Can I play devil's advocate? Um, I don't think I don't think Mane was that good I want to play devil's advocate Um, he is he was that he that, that was such a frustrating performance um for Mane. And I think it I'm happy he got his two goals. Look, that because before that, before that chance where he scores from the corner, I mean, I'd like to think our one of our one of our best players wouldn't miss from about two yards out, right? So well done for the corner. The second goal was a deflection. It was about to be saved by the palace goalkeeper. His name is his his um his name I've forgotten. Guaita. Uh, Guaita, that's it. Generally, he, he is he's He's just a bit frustrating. Like, he takes a bit too long. Very laboured, very relaxed in his own time. Look, fair enough, he got his two goals. And like I said, I'm trying not to dig anyone out, but I'm just trying to be honest also. I don't think it was that great of a performance, in my own personal opinion. Um, it's going to sound crazy, but even though he didn't score, um, and Mane got two, I think Salah, I think Salah had a better game than him, if, if talking about overall performance. But I'm happy to be on the ledge on my own in that, in that sense no. and be a bit of a contrarian in that sense. I understand where you're coming from, but my rebuttal to that is kind of like he's more of a nuisance. To, to, so I would say the right-back had a lot more worse of time coping with Mane than probably the left-back did with Salah in terms of Mane is literally just constantly just on his neck. Even though he's making wrong decisions, he's falling over the ball, he's back cleaning it when he shouldn't be. Hey, yo, now that, that McGinney spin, yeah? <laughs> oh, my days. That killed me. He just, yeah, but like he told, he's our ball carrier in terms of he gets us into the penny box when it's not across. You know what I'm saying? So he's just always a constant nuisance. And like he was doing the same thing last season. And that, that's him, you know what I'm saying? But because he's getting the goals, you kind of ignore it. But when he's not, the goals are all dried up. These like little things that he's doing, it's a lot more noticeable. You know what I'm saying? So, um, 
yeah, I just think obviously now goals literally patch anything up. You see that with Bruno, you see that with everyone, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, he, he looks a lot more sharper. Obviously, he can definitely, he's got a level to go up, but I think fans definitely help him and his style for sure. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, um, when you oh, we we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, but I think when you talk about criminally disrespected and underrated players, there's only one person to look at really, and it's Mohamed Salah. Um, he was awarded Liverpool's player of the season uh, this year, rightfully so, because if we were without Mohamed Salah this season, we would be in, we wouldn't even be in the gutter. We would be in the sewers with the shit um, and heading into a fatberg of even more shit, um, which would Apparently be. Apparently, it would be better, with, according to J- David James. Well, why are you listening to David James for? Apparently, That's I your first said, problem. No, like, what? I don't know what, what are they seeing. Like, what are they actually seeing? I don't listen get it, brother. Brother, don't listen to David James. <laughs> what is he? <laughs> like, man, I'm just talking to talk. Yeah, it's literally. Don't listen. To, don't listen to David James. You listen to Ellis and Harold. Okay. You don't listen to David James anymore. You listen to these two brothers right here. They give you all the information that you want. Okay. Um, right. uh, I do think it was quite interesting, though. I did see some people in the comments when uh, Salah got awarded Prior of the season saying, "How come it wasn't Nat Phillips?" I was thinking. Why would it be not Phillips? Man, has played the whole season. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Harold, I had the exact same face. I was in a work call when I saw it as well. And I was like, "What?" Come he bleeds red. Up. Apparently, who knew? Um, <laughs> but else, I come to you on on Mo Salah. Um, you know, as you can see at the bottom of the screen, if you are watching on YouTube, criminally disrespected and underrated. Um, that's not that's not only just by members of the footballing world, but I think it's by members of the so-called Liverpool family as well. You know, I did in inverted commas there. Um, when you what 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 some of the words and the descriptions that you can come up with when you think about Mo Salah? Um, brilliant, exceptional, cut above the rest. Different, different kettle of fish, superstar, one of a left foot. I can go on and on for days. Um, tenacity, his will to win goes beyond what we know. Um, yeah, I, I, it's not even a funny one, it's just a weird one. Like, you see a guy who's come in there four years, he's bagged about 100 plus goals, which nobody has done. <laughs> and you think about all the uh, wonderful fours we've had. During that period, your Torreses, your Suarez's, Sturridge, whoever, 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 they haven't hit 100 goals. But here comes a guy who, who let's be honest, majority, majority of us were for like, oh, Salah, like, mm, sure we can do. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's coming, just hit the ground running first season, 32 goals, got um, whatever he got, 20, 21. This season, again, uh, 22 goals. His um, footballing brain is elite. Playmaking ability, elite. I mean, what else do you want from a man who's doing all of that? Um, people have said that oh, he's too greedy. Why would he want to afford to be greedy? I mean, he gets into the box. What does he want to do? Pass all the time. That's such a like lazy comment. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Chris. He's criminally underrated, and he he's disrespected. And like I was saying in the group chat a few months ago, it's harder to replace his goals than anything. Like people say, oh, you can replace it. You can just do. It. No, you can't. You can't. You can't just do that. It's it's very very hard to replace someone who scores at that frequent frequent level. So yeah, it's one of those things where you only know what you miss when it's gone. And when he does leave, because he's not going to be there forever, 
when he does leave, we're going to be like, oh, damn, man, we could have done with Salah there. Oh, I wish we had Salah's pace to go in behind. Ah, oh, man, if Salah was there, he would have scored. You know what I'm saying? So I think we should just appreciate him now. And, um, yeah, just appreciate him before he goes. Like, like you said, we would have been in the gutter. We would have probably been with Arsenal, if not for his goals, to be fair. Um, we would have probably been eighth, ninth, chilling with Arsenal um, in in the pits of uh, Hades. Do you know what I'm saying? In, so, in, in the pits of Hades, indeed. What a metaphor there by Ellis. That is brilliant. We would have been there. We, remember Hercules with the guy with the blue flame? What's his name? The, the guy with the blue flame, bro. With the blue flame on the hair from I forgot his name in Hercules, the cartoon. But we would have been chilling with him, bro, because that's where that's where it would have been, if not for his goals. I mean, to score 22 goals in a team that wasn't playing well it, it's testament to his ability and, and the type of player he is, man. I couldn't have played by myself. And Harold, I'll come back to you. Um, you talked about kind of unheralded unheralded performances. There we go. We'll come up with a new metaphor there. <laughs> a lovely new description for you. Um, <laughs> I think if you think about him, he's a cut above the rest. And like you said, that performance at the weekend, um, again, unheralded. Um just everything he did, everything he did was with a determination, a grit to kind of get the team forward and press press for higher as well. Put it into words how how just how how you thought his performance was at, at this weekend. I thought it was. Do you know what? I thought it was great. I can't say it was brilliant because he needed to score and he had he had opportunities to score. I think he played great, but even though he scored, how many goals did he get this season? 22? 22 league goals. 22. Ridiculous. 32 league goals. And, and, and remember, this was a team that couldn't create chances for a long time. Um, so still got his 22, didn't he? Um, but and I was gutted. I'm absolutely gutted for the fact that he didn't get his, his golden boot. Because I wanted to walk around and say, to Mohamed Salah, three golden boots in four years. Like, unbelievable. But unfortunately, I think Kane obviously deserved it. So uh, congrats to him. In terms of his performance, I think that's the only thing that's been... that's. Perhaps probably those there's two things that make that probably people um that make people underrate Salah, right? So the first is that he's he's got his goal conversion. Um it's just it's it's poor. Um even the season where he broke the record in 17-18 scored 32 Premier League goals, like, like like Ellis said, he was up there in terms of missed chances with Christian Benteke. That's that's Mohamed Salah. However, people don't realize that the top strikers also have very similar record, Robert Lewandowski has a very similar record also. Harry Kane misses quite a lot of chances also. He take, they take a lot of shots. Salah's chances look more guilt-edged, right? Liverpool are a bigger team. No one really watches the Bundesliga year in, year out, week in, week out, rather. So that's the first thing. I'll rebuttal that claim. Second of all, it's he's not, he's not the most attractive footballer to watch at all. It's like the ball bumps off of him. Almost like, almost not as, not as, probably a bit more, probably a bit like Suarez. Remember that the ball used to just bump off of him every just time. Like, like, it just, not, it just, it did not make seem like they were so forced, like he would like boot it through your legs. Like he would just force it through all, every time. Salah, it's never the most aesthetically, aesthetically easy for me to say, pleasing um, display, but what he does do does well, and that is score goals and create chances for other people to score. Yeah, I think he only got four Premier League assists this year or something like that, which is really was it four or six? I can't yeah, remember. Five, I think it was five. Was it five? Okay, man, yeah. in the middle. So he got he got five Premier League assists this year, which is which is well well below what he's used to. 
but on that and that we can say a lot of people were missing their own were, were missing their own chances as well this year. So I I I, I want to understand the reasons why people don't really rate him as highly as they should, but I can't because his goals they talk for himself. Like he is honestly outrageous. He's just look at his intensity as he runs with the ball. He's always wants to do something. Even in the 80th, 90th minute, he's on your case. Never lets the defender rest. Always, always on your case. The only man I've ever known to do a good job on him is Luke Shaw. And Luke Shaw is a man who can who, who can match him for pace, and probably match him for strength. Not, not many other fullbacks can do that. So Mohamed Salah, mate, absolutely fantastic. I don't want you to go anywhere. Another brilliant season. And I I'll and you can see it in, in his heart, like you see him in, in his in the, um in, in his conditioning. He's always ready, always looking to go looking to go that bit that step further. He has that that killer in him, the killer that we're talking about. He wants to be the best of the best, and you saw it in against Palace on the weekend. Marley's on a hat trick. He should have squared it. He still had to make an opportunity for him to start to shoot. But that's Mohamed Salah. We, we we can't want anything else. If we, he was any different, he may not be getting the kind of goals that that that, that, that he's getting year in year out. So. Mate, another fantastic season. Deserved player of the year, in my honest opinion. And I can't wait to see what he does next year. Yeah, it just feels like there's always another level to go with Mohamed Salah. Uh, like you said, Harry Kane has the golden boot, but he'll never have the streets. That's what he'll never have. He'll never have the streets. <laughs> never. Never, Harry. You'll never have them. Um, Peter, you get the absolute joy to talk about this man right here. As you can see, going across the ticker on the bottom of my screen, Mr. Thiago Alcantara. Um, people were quick to kind of say, oh, he's a flop. He's a flop. He's going to be a flop at Liverpool. Look at him. He can't tackle properly. Blah, 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 blah. As we've come into this nice little stretch of games that we ended the season on, 10 games unbeaten. I mean, whew, 10 games unbeaten. Uh, eight wins, two draws. We'll talk about that in a little bit more detail later. One of the key people to kind of not even pull us across the line, but just do it in such nice nice finesse and fashion is Thiago Alcantara. How how much of a joy is it to watch him play week in, week out? And how much of a joy has it been in these last four games of the season to see him kind of do his wizardry on the football pitch? Yeah, for sure. I think with what Harold was saying, that um, Tell is not aesthetically pleasing. Tiago's the complete opposite. He everything he does is aesthetic. Everything is sword, bro. Everything every, is sword. <laughs> every single flip, even like the past five yards next to him, it's still gonna look good. You know what I'm saying? Everything he does looks good, but even just past that, I think um I can remember from like the Arsenal game when Fabinho comes into midfield, he just looked so good since then. And I think he even said after the RB um the RB game in the Champions League, where he was like, when Fabinho's next to me. That like he can feel like he's, he feels much more confident and he's able to play. You know what I'm saying? So I think we've just seen him come out his shell more and he's able to kind of um, do what he does best. So in terms of controlling the game, um, you know what I'm saying, finding the forwards, breaking the lines. In the amount of times he breaks the lines to Mane, like it's actually a joke. Like Mane, he's almost like he's now he's getting used to it, but he almost wasn't used to the amount of times like Thiago is able to find him. Like he just fizzes it into him straight into his feet, and then sometimes. Mane's touch might be out, or sometimes Mane might use it. You know what I'm saying? But Thiago, he's been fantastic. Like, and it's no surprise that when we started to play people in the right position, so we started to play centre backs and centre back. Fabinho in, you know what I'm saying, in, in the in the pivot by himself, and Thiago in his right position, he started to look much better. You know what I'm saying? Like against West Brom, that's literally like a masterclass. Like the performance he done against West Brom, he was balling out beyond control, honestly. And he's been he's been so so good. So. I think Liverpool fans, we can be excited by when even more pieces come. So when you have like the likes of Van Dijk coming back, Gomez coming back, even 
Henderson coming back, like he's going to look even more stronger because, again, our team's going to look more solid. Our base is going to be stronger. And he's not going to have to worry about doing the stuff that he's probably not the best at until in terms of covering large spaces, um, tackling stuff like that. So, yeah, we, we I'm so excited to see what Thiago brings next season because these last couple of games he's been he's been doing well. And I think the biggest compliment I can give him is that when you watch the team now, yeah, there's like two or three people that when they demand the ball, they get it. So when Trent demands the ball, you give it to him. You know what I'm saying? There's no arguing, you give it to him. And then Thiago's now become in such a sport, such a short piece of time. Everyone gives the ball to Thiago. Even Robert, my man, man like Robertson has it. He, Robertson's been like in the team for like two to three years. He'll give it to Thiago straight away when he demands it. Like Thiago, they give the ball to him and they trust him with it and they know he's gonna make something happen. And I think there's only one, two people on our team that they have that kind of like claim. So Thiago's one of them. And yeah, I have to give praise to him because he's been he's been fantastic in his period. Also, I wanted to uh, add a little. I wanted to talk onto that, Pete. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't put it better myself. Like. What I love most about Thiago, I think we don't really have any of our other midfielders. He is, at every opportunity, even if it means he might give the ball away, he's always trying to go forward. Always, yeah. always trying to go forward. Anywhere on the pitch, he could be in his corner flag. He's like, listen, I can't I can't go back to the keeper. No, I could be pending. I'm, I'm going to try and do something. I'm going to try and get a foul. Always looking to go forward. So many times, like against West Brom, I think, I think it was, like, I was like, do you know when early in the season we we're really struggling to break down the low block? You yeah. know, like, wow, guys, we really can't do anything. There's six home some losses in a row that we had uh, early in the season. He was always, we looked like we were going to score. Like, we were always on the impetus. Like, Thiago was at the heart of it all. He just, he, he dictated those games and he really did show his worth in these, in the, in these the last, what, six weeks or so. He's just been brilliant. I've been, I've been so impressed with him. I just love the fact he's always forward looking. And that's just something we don't have. And that, that that is part of the reason why, why we brought him in. Yeah, I'll just quickly add on to what you're saying, Harold. Um, I remember we had this discussion in a group chat um, where he was where his best position lies, and um, I remember saying that well, we want him closer to the forwards as close as possible. Some people said, "No, nah, they want him deeper in the role because he can see the pitch bigger." I said, "No, it's not like that." With like what you're saying, who is a forward-thinking player, you want him as close to the forwards as possible so that they, he can fizz that ball quickly. And get them get them going, and you can see that um, again when Henderson comes back with Fabinho adding more protection to to behind him, it will give him so much freedom to go forward and cope, cause so much mayhem. Um, on Twitter, I said, "Boy, man, better be ready next season because it's long for everyone, bro. Because once he starts going, bro, it's long with our defenders coming back. Forget about it, man. 104 points. I said it. 104." Ooh, Ellis. That's what I yeah, said. Man, yeah. man, know, man know what my hat is. Man, man know what I am. I, I thought Marco wasn't on this pod today with the crazy shouts, but... I'm here. You probably know me, Harold. Come on, G. Ellis <laughs> is the most... Yeah, dark black man I've ever met in my life, man. I promise you. <laughs> man, know I am. Fuck what bro done. That's my jigger. Let's let's do it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> no, Peter, please, please, please. Someone has to be the voice of reason here. Please, please. As uh, as listeners, as you can tell, Alice has been on the magnums from early. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but hey, if you can, fair enough. <laughs> but no, I mean, you see, you see what Tiago is just so good at in the past few games, especially you know. 
when you see the limitation of the centre backs that we'll be been working with in the past few weeks, you see Reese Williams and Nat Phillips battered and bruised in that game. I mean, Nat Phillips had his Durag back on, uh, the fabled Nat Phillips Durag. <laughs> Reese Williams had a few cuts above his eyes. Uh, Thiago was just kind of, you know, I'll take the burden off you guys. I'll come receive the ball, drive it 10, 15 yards of the pitch, and then make a killer pass. And some of the passes he was making in the game against Palace, I mean, good. He played one to Robertson, a diagonal, and I was like, good lord. I was like when he starts when he gets a full preseason in with some of these guys and they can really know what to expect from him um, in his passing and the wavelength and they all kind of get on that and that same tune because for me at the moment he's kind of got that nailed down with with Trent and Salah especially so they had that really good interplay on that right hand side so they're really connected and they've got on that same wavelength when the rest of the team know how to get on with him and and some of the new signs we're expecting to come in as well boy uh, it it is long it might not be a hundred and four points long. But mate, it's gonna be it's gonna be scary for some of these uh some of these teams we're playing for playing against next season. Um, do have to say, uh, quick, quick say quick shout out was that Roy Hodgson's last game at the weekend. Um, okay, in honesty, uh, true footballing gentleman, and we'll miss him. But after everything he did at Liverpool, he can rest in piss. Um, he dragged us into the depths of despair. We lost against Blackpool. Like um, man. Nah, man, fuck him still. Chris, man. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not having, you know, he embarrassed me in front of the host. That's how bad it was, okay? <laughs> hey, nah, man, that's... Hey, Chris, man, he, he's an old nah, man, man, like. He got his take, what? So he's, nah, he's man. No! Nah, Klopp retired him, like, like Shawn Michaels did Ric Flair at WrestleMania, oh, you know. Fuck. I didn't <laughs> Let, let me rebut that because I just I think I, personally. Wait, wait, now, Pete, Pete, before you go, can I just say these are the views and opinions of Chris <laughs> and Pete only. They do not represent Coffin, Fracker, or Touchline Media Group. At Sorry, Pete, please continue. Yeah, no. Yeah, you know I'm saying, oh my God. Chris just done the Undertaker. <laughs> but yeah, um, Roy's, Roy's had a really good career Um, in terms of he's a good manager. Obviously, he didn't work out with us, but he's done a really good job at Fulham even before the Crystal Palace job. So the Fulham team and Danny Murphy, they got to the Europa League final. Um, they didn't win it, but he's a, he's a good, like, good mid-table manager. Again, Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace were going up and down. They won championship, come back up, and they were like a yo-yo club. And he studied the ship, even at what? He's like, what, 70-something? 70, 70, and then he's able to... He's even bringing through the man them. You know what I'm saying? Brought through Zaha, brought through Eze, brought through Benteke. He's done his thing, man, whatever. It doesn't work out sometimes with us, but yeah, hats off to him. That's fair, but yeah, that's in the pits, man. That's what I'm, that's what I'm gonna say. Obviously, this is, this is a Liverpool podcast, isn't it? And if we're gonna talk from a Liverpool point of view, he did have us in the pits. Um, it was the wrong appointment. Um, at the wrong time, Liverpool Liverpool were a shadow of themselves. Um, he was probably brought in to steady this ship. Um, he was a man who who thrived in an environment where he didn't have a lot of resources, and at that time, we didn't have any resources. So the idea was, yeah, he will come in and he was against steadily shit. Well, it didn't work. It didn't work. But he had the wrong mentality from what we were used to. He was saying the wrong things, um, played the wrong football. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the marriage that worked. Well, worked well. But apart from yeah, that, you really, yeah, you really, you really, you really, you're really selling it, else. <laughs> yeah, that that boy me the trend. That boy me the trend. <laughs> but yeah, all the best to him. Obviously, he done his thing with Palace and that got them to 11. He kept them in the league. Um, done well with Fulham, got them to seven, got them to 
uh, Europa Cup, Europa League final and all that. So, yeah, man, all the best, Uncle Roy. That man said we weren't too good to get relegated, you know, and I can't believe you're here defending him. Oh, fuck. Hey. You you like bigger you like a bigger man than yeah. me in it because nah nah that that was a dark period of my life man <laughs> it was just yeah yeah it was uh it was not good but from the dark times we go to the brighter times you know we are in the we are in the Klopp era thank God and we ended um with ten wins. Sorry, not 10 wins. We were 10 games unbeaten since this season. Um, it truly is title-winning form when you look at it. 10 games unbeaten, 8 wins and 2 draws across that time. Really should have been 10 wins, in all honesty, uh, considering the manner of which we dropped points against Leeds and Newcastle. Uh, the Newcastle one to this day will still frustrate me, even though we ended up in the best possible scenario. Um, I just want to ask you guys, and Harold, we'll start with you. For this group of players... To do it without the key, the, the core, some of the core guys within the team. No Virgil, um, no Gomez, no Henderson, no Jota for large, large parts of the season. Um, an underwhelming, an underwhelming Mane, an underwhelming uh, Firmino, Thiago for, without large stretches of the season. Allison going through personal issues. Can these guys really take the momentum from these last ten games of the season and how they truly kind of? turn the season up on its head and end it on the best possible note. Can they take this into pre-season next year and then kind of really run into next season um, in, in a positive manner to kind of get back to where they want to be and that is challenging Man City for the title? Yeah, absolutely. We, we definitely can. I think one of the biggest things to take from this is it's been hugely character building. I think you can see the stature of, the, of these of these young men. Well, that's a young man. These, these men in general growing you can see their confidence growing you can see the fact that look they face adversity and this is this is how you this is this is the the embodiment of this football of this football club that we all love we go we go down a lot of times unnecessarily so more to, more 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 so but what really makes us love this club is is the spirit is the passion of wh- how we respond to that and just like just like in the 2005 Champions League final just like in 2006 FA Cup final just like in 2000, 2019 Champions League semi-final I can go on I can go on just like the the Europa League semi-final against Dortmund wherever we go down we face adversity somehow some way we manage to pull it out of the bag and I think that's really key because these group of players haven't well, I say some of the, some of these players haven't had the opportunity to do that, or, or maybe sometimes, or maybe some of these players have forgotten what what that really means and forgotten the, the spirit that we have in this in this club. So it's great for that to be pressed home. We saw a man in Nat, Nat Phillips who really shouldn't have been um, in our club. He had he had a he had a deadline day move, I'm not mistaken, or something along those lines. I'm full through. Yeah, so it was it, it was essentially all nailed on to go to Swansea, um, right. So, thank God that deal didn't go through. Yeah, ex- exactly. So it's just it's just hugely character building. So now I think when we have some of our, our main guys coming in, obviously we've been linked with Canate. Hopefully he comes in all well and good. Um, Virgil, obviously Gomez coming back in. Hendo, our captain, coming back in. All these guys coming back in, they already have that that embodiment that I'm describing. But some of these new guys who have who may play some may play play some games here and there. They don't have to feel like they're out of place. They really feel like, yeah, I'm a big part of this team. I, I was one of the big reasons why we finished third. We finished third after we were so crap. But like we were awful. <laughs> oh, like we were so bad. Like it was absolute chaos. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's one really big thing to take from there. And I just I can't wait to see the kind of moves we make. And I'm, I'm really just hoping um, FSC just shows some intention 
Um, they've showed it with our centre-half getting that, getting that um, signed and delivered so quickly. But now it's time for our forwards. And I think that I think we all agree that we do need um, some changing there. But obviously, I won't get ahead of myself in that in that sense uh, with, your, with the agenda on today's podcast. But that's what I'm really pressing home for. I just want to see everyone fit, ready to go. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited. One player in particular I just wanted to say that I've just been so impressed by has been, obviously, Thiago has been great. And obviously, Ali has been good as well. And obviously Salah has, but Trent Alexander-Arnold has just been fantastic. Like, the way he strikes the ball is so flipping brilliant. Like, he is so great to watch. Every cross just looks like, it's like, oh my God, I'd hate to be defending this. Like, it's, he just look, he always wants to make something happen. Always on the front foot. And even now defensively, with one of these main things that we just said that, oh my gosh, like, he's so annoying was like, he just he doesn't have the desire to defend. But we saw against West Brom, he had, he it was embodying that, that, that Liverpool um, desire, that spirit that we saw. You saw Reese Williams in that first make a mistake. He was there sweeping up on covering. I honestly, uh, just a few months ago, I would not have seen that from Trent. And it's just, it was just great to see him take like take the the ball by its horns, like really take the, the, the grip of its neck. And he's just he's just absolutely just absolutely fantastic. I, I wanted to give him a little bit of a of a of a section that praise because yeah, I absolutely love watching that that young man play football. Completely agree. Uh, I, I think since the first leg against Real Madrid, when he did have a bit of a mare, um, I think he's possibly comfortably been our best player since that point. Um, yeah, you, uh, you touched on the defending there. Um, it's a lazy myth at this point, really, to say that Trent Alexander-Arnold is a bad defender. I mean, for us, for us guys who watch the club week in, week out, we're more nuanced, and you know, we more know we, we know more of these things. We don't have to look at the per ninety to kind of make. Um, an assumption on Trent's stats, but we've seen we've seen the desire come through. I think in the recent weeks, in the past few months, his positioning has been absolutely sensational. He's been in the right place. He's not really been caught out. Uh, and again, like you said, Harold, that desire to kind of get back, win the ball, um, and not be hindered by the lack of quality he's used to at centre back um, has has been has been ever present. And of course, he's been chipping in with assists and goals when needs be, and he's been absolutely sensational. And like you said again, Harold embodies everything it means to be a Liverpool football club player um, and long may continue into the future. Um, Owls, I want to come to you for this. Um, Harold touched on it a bit earlier. How fucking funny is it that we finished third? Bro, hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Come on, um, at, at full time, I'm looking at the table, I'm thinking, how have we managed to just get third, bro? We've lost like six games at home in a row and we're third. In a row, we go to Newcastle oh. and leave last minute like oh. joke, man. You, man are you were cheeks. <laughs> you oh. know what's crazy as well, guys? You know what I thought about as well? I tweeted it. Even if Allison didn't score that last minute winner against West Brom, we still oh. would have finished third. Absolutely, tell me that's not insane. That's tell insane. me that is not a mad stat. Like, but you know, I can't lie, I'm slightly annoyed that Chelsea didn't, didn't drop to Europe. I can't lie, yeah, I was. Leicester, oh, it angers me. I, that would have just honestly, I think I'm, I'm, I'm spontaneously I'm combusted. I'm very like much it. looking forward to this week's Chessie out to see how they defend that because they are <laughs> lucky. They are lucky. Gareth Bale came and saved them from getting oh, cheeks. Right um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, all that talk for like to Carl, to Carl coming in and them being so good, they came to Anfield, they'd be Arsenal. But then Els, 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 look, let's, if we focus on us, yeah, remember, people were saying this, this is the worst type of defence in history. That's, listen, that's um, what we said. And we ended up with, and we ended up with less points difference than City did last year between us and them. 
so these these are the and people the thing is like we saw a comment on Twitter with someone saying uh we're getting all up in arms why we moaning I mean you told us we didn't tell you you told us it was the worst title defense in history in about March the season haven't finished yet. And you're coming to us to tell us, but now we have now rebuttaled you. It's all like, oh wow, you're getting your knickers in a twist. Not not really. Let the season finish. I mean, again, like you said, Harold, we finished um we finished up with a closer gap. Okay, we'll beat by one point than Man City. Man City only had five points more than they had last season. So like to, to come and say that it was the worst title defence is 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 madness but yeah to 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 go to what you're saying um Chris to finish third when we have been absolutely our heads have been kettled we've had about 50 million different center back partnerships um no van Dijk, was, the tw- no. was it the, was it the tw- the thing they said on sky it was the 26th different center back pairing 26 different pairing and and you finish further that <laughs> yeah clock clock's a genius for that um yeah, and it just shows that the level, the level in the league, like you lot are, you lot are not really good, man. You're not not really good. Um, man, Man United, they could. Uh, I think the rhetoric was, yeah, they could um, challenge Man City next season if they get this. That I was here in 21 in 21. Um, okay, unconfirmed reports about 21 in 21. Yeah, boy. Let's let's say about the bell, but yeah, apparently if they get like a striker, they be, they can be closer to Man City next season. And it's like you only finish what five points ahead of us. Like, come on, man, everything's all premature. Like, but yeah, like I said, when we get the big dogs back, everything nature will re, um, restore itself and everything will go back to normal. Yeah, Love it, I- Pete. I'm, Pete, I'm going to come to you. I uh, kind of piggybacking off what Ellis said there, and it's kind of going off the rest of the league not being as good as we kind of assumed they were. Um, you know, United again, you kind of look at it, they were, they've, they've been quite impressive in some areas, but then you kind of look at it really deep into the stats. They've not actually been that good as we all thought they are. Um, Chelsea again, you can, that Villa game really showed, showed me, um, I don't know about you guys, that they are some way away from being where they want to be. They've still got some depth issues, um, and it really shows the guess where you can exploit them. Uh, Leicester, <laughs> Brendan Rodgers is just funny, isn't it? Um, not to say we told you so, but we did tell you so. Um, give Fahihi's flowers for that one. Um, and we're not even going to bother mentioning Spurs and Arsenal because Roberto Martinez and Arteta are still at the club. Um, so in, in terms of like for, for going through for next season, this third place finish, do you think this gives us more of a platform to kind of just go on and blow these teams out of the water even even more? Yeah, for sure. I think this third place finish should give like the team a lot of confidence in terms of the fact that these guys were still like our players are still a lot better than most of the other clubs' players. Like when we talk about Trent, when we talk about Robertson, when we talk about Thiago, Fabinho, Sella, Mane, like it shows that when they turn it up, like it's peak for you, man. You know what I'm saying? And that's not even without that's without the likes of Van Dyke, Gomez, um, Henderson. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and whoever's gonna come in, so. This moment, this run that we went on, it shows what the team can really do when they turn up. I think, um, like, so what, what, what we did, like, eight wins, two draws, you know what I'm saying? And this was crunch time. This was really crunch time to see, okay, let's see if we can get top four, you know what I'm saying? And they, they've done it. So it's only, like, it's, it's simple mess, you know what I'm saying? So the team should only really get stronger when you have the likes of Van Dijk and Cole coming back in. So therefore, we should get more points, you know what I'm saying? So you're telling me, like, 
with, I don't know, Phillips, who was playing in the Bundesliga 2 last season, and um, Reese Williams playing in conference um, last season, that we managed to finish third, five points behind um, the best season Manchester United have ever had since Ferguson left. You know what I'm saying? So, five points behind, yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Imagine when our, the boys come back, you know what I'm saying? I mean, supposedly strengthened. We should definitely be challenging and are much closer to Man City. Like, so... Again, the boys should be really confident going into next season, and the momentum should really um, should really kick in. And hopefully, we have some a good window. That's what we need to have. That's really important. So, in terms of selling Deadwood and getting in the right players, and yeah, definitely we can we can, we can definitely kick on from a strong strong finish. You know what I'm saying? Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Love it. Um, and, you know, added on top of it, we're back, we know, another season in the Champions League, another season where we can go one step further beyond than we were this season, hopefully semi-finals uh, and and beyond in that competition. <laughs> Thank the Lord, after seeing that list of teams that were in the Europa Conference League that were not in that, and the fact that there was an airport behind one of the stadiums, uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully, someone doesn't balloon a shot and delay someone's flight uh, to Fedansk. Um Yeah, it's peak. It's peak for some people in that league. We're not going to and name also, it, but... sorry, Chris. I think Klopp deserves a lot of credit as well because I was the first one to get onto him when I was saying that he's out of form and that he's making bad decisions. He's making weird subs. He's playing. Um, and, and, and 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 the thing is as well. Sorry to interrupt you, interrupt you Pete. Sure. That was those are fair criticisms as well because there was a long there was a long stretch for about six weeks where he's making weird subs and just some weird tactical tweaks. And right. you're thinking, well, what are you really doing? Like even like when I remember with one pod where he was like he brought Chamberlain on because it didn't make sense footballing reason wise, but like he had a good attitude and I just lost my head. <laughs> I lost my head. Like I was just so emotionally invested. Obviously, I'm so emotionally invested in the clubs. So I lost my head when he said that. But like the players, he's really come back into form and he started to make the right decisions. He realized, I think, um, the Newcastle game that Fabinho has to play centre mid or CDM, sorry, and centre back to play at centre back. You know what I'm saying? So. He corrected these wrongs, you know what I'm saying? Everyone makes mistakes. He corrected these wrongs and we had a strong finish. So credit to Klopp for um, adjusting these mistakes and credit to the players as well for finding form and Klopp for finding form as well. Going to move on to the next part of the pod. Um, we're going to talk about Jorginho Wijnaldum, um, Liverpool legend. Um, I think you can debate that point as, as much as you want. In, in my opinion, I think he's a Liverpool legend. He five, five very successful seasons at the club. Achieved everything he came, came, saw and conquered. Did it all, um, and yeah, you know, it's quite emotional seeing it being his last game uh, for, for Liverpool. And Harold, I'm going to let you start off. Um, how much do you think he'll be missed by this Liverpool team, um, and just his, his, his function in, in in the squad more than anything? Uh, 
yeah, he definitely will be missed. One thing that we do we Chini credit for, as much as we criticize him for, for a few other things, one thing we give him credit for is the fact that he's always there. He's ever present in our midfield. Whenever you need him, he's there to turn to. Always, always available. Probably one of our most durable players that we've ever had. Honestly, definitely most durable player under under Klopp's reign. He's yeah, he's definitely Mr. Reliable in that sense. We will we will miss him. He was, he was Mr. He's Mr. Big Game. He's Mr. He loves a big game. He loves the lights. He loves that fresh trim. Gucci out, Gucci genie. Like he looks fresh and ready. Wi-Fi playlist on point. Honestly, like he loves he he just he absolutely loves it. Second half against Barcelona, absolutely love. He lives for those moments. He is a big game player. That's one thing I have to give him a lot of credit for. Um, and I think, as much as I wouldn't personally say he goes down as a legend, I wouldn't say that because I would have reserved those. I would have that title for the Gerards of this world. The um, who else can I think of? Even falls in that reign. Robbie Fowler. Um, uh, Jamie Carragher, etc. I, I would, I would keep that title for him. I say probably one, one less, one, one below that, wherever that may be. Some people call it an icon, wherever that is for you guys. That's for me personally. Um, it is a bit sad the way he's going out, just because of his comments that he, he, he said uh, that last one liner is a bit like he left, he left me with a, with, with a bit, a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. I would like it to have been on more amicable terms for sure. But he's 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 a fantastic sport. Um, he has been great for us, and yeah, we're forever in his debt. Thank you so much, Uni Wijnaldum. Maybe it was just time for us to for him to part ways. Um, but yeah, I I think if you just in terms of just his his hour, his special hour, I think he he deserves all all all, all, all the praise. And we're gonna miss. We, we're gonna need to find some sort of big game player like Genie, who's also gonna be ready ready to play every single week, week in, week out. Even in a COVID season when we're playing like every forty eight hours. So, yeah, kudos to you, my man. Pete, I'm gonna bring you on the conversation here. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Wine Album, as I've found out in the past two weeks. Um, <laughs> um, how much are you gonna Pete miss him? Strip. Pete just likes strip. I can't lie to you. I respect yeah. it, man. Yeah, Pete just likes strip. I like reliable players. Do you like Benzema? I like, yeah, I love Benzema. Of he lost his five goals in a season. Yeah, you didn't mind did love Benzema. I do like, like Nicholas Pepe though. So you know, what I'm saying mm. let's 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 cool down. Let's cool down. All right, all right, for now, for now, yeah, for now, <laughs> let's say that. But, well, in terms yeah. of in a Palm Angels tracksuit, we will see on a uh, opinion <laughs> then. <laughs> no, um, yeah, just to touch on Genie, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, big, big fan of Genie, just in terms of, like, he's just so reliable, like, when, when I see Genie's name on the team sheet, I, I just skip past it, like, I don't think of anything like, oh, bloody hell, Genie's playing, or, oh, like, I'm scared of anything, you know what I'm saying, like, it fills me with confidence, that, that's what I want as a fan, I want to see a name on the team sheet and just be like, yeah, cool, Genie's playing, you know what I'm saying, whereas... My man sees certain names on the team sheet. I'm just like, oh, I'm not sure. Nah, name, name names, you know. Go on. <laughs> Chris Ross blood today. When I when I see a certain certain Nabi, you know, I say when I see a certain Nabi today, it's like, what what's gonna turn up? Is is it gonna be Real Madrid Nabi or is it gonna be you know I'm saying Bournemouth a couple of years ago Nabi? But yeah, when I see Genie's name on the team sheet, um, like it wasn't a confidence in terms of I know he's not gonna give below a five or six out of ten performance, and he's just reliable. Um, he's played like I was looking at his appearances. He's had, literally every season over 33, over 34 appearances every single season. Like it's wild. One Klopp's, yeah. yeah, one of Klopp's most trusted soldiers. He's always in that midfield, and you won't find a more press resistant midfielder. You won't find a midfielder who will do Klopp's like biddings. You know what I'm saying? When Klopp tells him to do something, he'll do it. When Klopp wants him to cover Robertson, he'll do it. When Klopp wants him to go forward, he'll do it. 
I remember he played. Remember you guys remember he played false nine against Barcelona the first leg. Obviously, it didn't go well, but he played false nine. He actually played all right as a full side as well. Like it's it's really the game didn't go the way we thought it, but he was all right. And then there was one game against Stoke as well. He played left left centre back. You remember that yeah. with yeah. Emery Chan? Yeah. He played left. No, that was, that was that, that was Brighton. Oh, was it Brighton? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Brighton. So he played left. He played in the centre back three as well. So um, yeah, he's like yeah, he's just Mister Reliable. He's ever constant and yeah, a proper like genie man. He's a good character to have around a club. Someone like Curtis again. I think Curtis Jones really likes him. Curtis Jones has learned a lot from him. And yeah, I think we're going to miss him a lot. The thing that, okay, my thing is that with Genie is that I, I think a lot of fans will say this is because he doesn't break the lines and he doesn't score enough goals. But like, how many midfielders in the Premier League do we actually think break lines? It's not a lot. Like, this is a really special trick. You can, ca- you can, you can count them on your hand. So you're looking like you're, you're Pogba, you're Thiago, Endombele. De Bruyne, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like less than ten. There's less than ten midfielders probably in the Premier League that can really break lines in proper tight spaces. You know what I'm saying? So it's a special trick to have. I don't beat Genie with a stick for not having it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just think he's a, he's a solid midfielder. You know what I'm saying? And it, yeah, uh, what's it called? I'm like, I'm really satisfied. I'm really happy with the um, the time he's had at the club. And yeah, um, good luck to him and his move. All I will say is that it needs to be a bloody good replacement that Liverpool have got lined up when you think about how important he is and how crucial he is to 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 the way that we play. Um, you know, mentions of um Yves Basuma at Brighton, Ryan Gravenberch at Ajax in terms of who could do stylistically the water carrying, a lot of the load bearing, uh, like a like a good like a good beam in your house. Um in terms of you know what he does for that, um, that was that was that was a good homes under the hammer joke for you there. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and, and Els, I'm, I'm going to come to you, kind of piggybacking off um, what, what what both Harold and Peter have said. You, we do kind of complain about his lack of goals, especially seeing Orange Ginny playing for playing for the Netherlands. But we do have to say he's delivered in so many key moments, and I was kind of. I was listening to the, you know, the Anfield rap earlier, and they were kind of talking about how many just just the wide array of big moments he's had in Liverpool's shirt. How clutch has he really been for, for Liverpool oh, in these past five bro. years? Yeah, he's, he's big clutch, man. Big clutch from when he first came into the league. I think we beat Man City. No, not league. I mean, to Liverpool, we beat Man City at home. He scored a winning header. Um, obviously, Champions League semi-finals. He's bagged up two two wonderful goals. Big games. He, yeah, he's a clutch player, man. Obviously. My problem with Genie was that like, I'm a type of person, if I know a player has a certain amount of quality in their locker, I expect a bit more. So when he doesn't like deliver a few more goals or when he misses chances, well, I think a man of his technique and his quality, he should do better. Do you know what I'm saying? But um, that doesn't that doesn't take away from what from what he does and who he is. Like Pete said, when his name's on the team sheet, I'm calm. Because I know, yeah, Genie's there. I'm, I'm easy, bro. Yeah, there's only a few certain players like Genie, Hendo, obviously Thiago, Fabinho. These man, when their names on the team sheet, I'm all right. Like I'm not okay. At least Genie's there. Do you know what I'm saying? When we go through like some injury drought and you got to play random, I'm like, oh, Genie's there, so it's, it's all right in it. So we've got a bit somebody there in it. So I'm, we're gonna miss him a lot. We're gonna miss him a lot. Um, Fahi made a point of of saying that there's gonna be like five games next season where we're gonna be like. We could have done with Genie there just because of his tactical awareness, his strength, yeah, his technical ability, um, and just being reliable, really. And what I like about Genie also is someone that he doesn't really pick up yellow cards, nor does he pick up red cards. 
So it showed you that a player's one, he's responsible. Two, he's aware of his responsibility to the team. Tactically, again, he's very aware. So yeah, if we are to replace him, that person has to be really, really good. And he has some very big boots to fill because yeah, Gene Genie is a is a, a trusted soldier, man. And he served as well in the in the wars that we fought as um, player and supporter. I mean, do you think about some of the big moments he's had? I mean, obviously Barcelona is the one that sticks out in in, in memory. But you think about the goal, the goal he scores away at Roma, his first away goal in Liverpool shirt. It's a massive goal, the goal against Middlesbrough to kind of fire us into the Champions League, real crowning moment. There's even like little little moments where we play Spurs away the season after they absolutely gave us a hiding um, at Wembley, and he scores the first goal. Um, there's just so many great key moments like that. The header against Manchester City, that springboarding header where he leaps like a magnificent gazelle, turning to David Attenborough there. Um, but he's just come up with so many of these big, big defining moments in Liverpool shirt, and it's it's, it's just a real shame that he's he, that he's left the club. And Harold, I'm going to come come back to you on this because you mentioned it earlier on. His statement about leaving, it struck me, and I think it struck you in the same way. Is it, it was a little bit it was a bit odd. Because it really sounded like he he wanted to stay, and he was, you know, this has been the best five years of my life. I'm going to miss it here. And he made a point of saying that it is a shame how things have ended. People deserve to know the the entire story. And he made a very specific note to say that I haven't got an agreement with another club. That he's been focusing on this season, he's been giving it in his all. Did did that strike you as just just be really odd? No, it didn't strike me as odd. I'm not surprised at that at all, actually. Um, you, I think you could tell by his demeanour throughout the season when they were asking him about whether he's going to extend his contract. A few times he was the leading man in, in the team and you can see when he ever had any of those press conferences, which were few and far between, they asked him about his, his career and he would always be a bit coy about it. Even last season, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Um, at the end of last season, obviously, he was celebrating the title and he was very quick to say, look, I don't want to talk about my career. I was like, okay, fair enough. Obviously, you're celebrating the, 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 the Premier League. Fair dues. This this year comes across. This year comes about, and he's still giving us giving, giving quite similar answers. So I'm not too surprised from there. And I think you can always tell when things are not left on the best of terms. Um, from like I can I can see a stark difference between his interviews and the interviews that Emery Chan gave, for instance. You can see that he and, and obviously it came out earlier in that season with Emery Chan that he was obviously moving to Bayern. Fair enough. Um, so I mean, what was it? Was was it even Bayern? Am I going mad? Was it, it was Bayern? Yeah, uh, Juve. Juve? No, wait, was it Juve? Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, my bad. Wow, I said Bayern, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, I think I said Bayern because of that, that's where Genie's been heavily linked, isn't it? Um, so I'm not too surprised by that. It does leave. I was, I was hoping not. I was hoping that wouldn't be the case. I guess I'm just a, a very cynical man, but it, it did leave a bit of taste in my mouth. I was a bit like, oh, like, and all, all the admin on our Twitter accounts, like, oh, look, Liverpool legend, this Liverpool legend, that. It's like, well, if he really if he treated him like a legend, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be leaving. Like, let's 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 let's, let's keep it a buck. Um, so it's just a bit. Mm, I mean, it's, the sign off is lovely. They gave him like a nice little plaque of the Champions Wall um, that they have. I mean, well done, like definitely deserved. But I just wish it was more on more favorable terms for for both parties as opposed to just one. Um, so yeah, it definitely was odd. It definitely was odd, but I think that's we have to remember football is a business. We just have to remember that. And it's cutthroat, it's cutthroat, man. And like honestly, when it comes to money, that's when that's when people really show if they're backing you or not. And for unfortunately, that, that wasn't the case this time. So yeah, I, I just like the energy to be in being kept 
don't go calling the man a legend and this and that, but he didn't really make enough effort to to treat him like one when um when it came to these contract negotiations. But anyway, that's just me. I'm a very cynical, skeptical man, but I have to do it. It's, it's my job. <laughs> I, 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 I completely agree. Uh, sorry, else. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's just really it's yeah it's it's just an odd one because I think he's been a real victim of of circumstance more than anything. Um, you know, he's going to be 31. What you know as he goes into his next contract. Um, and it might be just a case of you know he's the first kind of player who hasn't been extended, so it's kind of just like a bit of a necessary sacrifice to kind of get the other guys across the line. But yeah, it is it is it is a bit of a bit of an odd one when you do think about it. Sorry, I'll do, do do continue. Yeah, I was just gonna say that like obviously I hear what I hear what you're saying, Harold. But again, like you said, um, Chris, it was a bit of a circumstance thing where, from what we heard, he wants to be paid on a level of the top top players in the in a club, which is fair, but I think him coming into 31 and um, I think Liverpool weren't sure uh, as to what they might get in the next year because um, it's, it's like someone being so dependent, he could just get one injury and that's just it. You're giving someone 200 grand a week and he's always unfit and he's he's always injured. Do you know what I'm saying? And him being mm-hmm. 31. So I saw it from both parties, to be quite honest with you. I saw it from Liverpool's point of view and I saw it from Genie's point of view because Genie's very reliable. Genie's uh, a number, I think the number four captain in the club. So surely you should pay him as well. But surely there's, there could have been a compromise to be met. Maybe he didn't feel the compromise, he didn't like it. So um, we're at a point where he's done five years. To do five years in this day and age, is, is, it's a good feat, man. And once you've done what you've done, you've came, won the league, Champions League. Yeah, man, what, what more do you want? I think it's just it's just a natural way to end it. Obviously, we would like him to stay, but it's just a natural. Sometimes you can spend, you can stay five years too long. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it is hard, isn't it? You know, you think like you know he's he's, he's given a lot, and I thought I thought it was going, going just going to get to the point where they where both parties were just gone. You know what? This is a, a year extension, and we can kind of like yeah. see it out. You can kind of yeah. have that final season, and um, without fans because. It's nice that he's kind of got that final day send off because you look at some of the players who didn't get it. We didn't get to, you know, say what you will about the say what you will about the man, but we didn't get to give Dejan Lovren a good send off. We didn't get to give Adam Lallana the send off he deserves. That those guys didn't get that moment because you know, obviously he was behind closed doors and everything. So yeah, I mean, even if you just extend his contract and say, you know what, after after one year we'll we'll move you on to wherever you want to go, but. I mean, look, it really annoys. I think it's annoyed me more. Actually, I think it's annoyed me more than Peter. Honestly, that you saw kind of some of the stuff that came out. You know, saying you know, when it, when you know he got his kind of procession and stuff at the end, where people were saying, "Good riddance, get out of my club," blah 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 blah, and all of that. And it's just that that's, that that kind of stuff is just isn't warranted. Um, you know, when he's given so much of his energy, his heart, and his desire to the club. Um, and you, you see the caliber of teams that are after him now. Uh, you know, you, you PSGs of the world, you're buying Munichs, you're Barcelonas, all of those guys um, value, and they want Ginny Wilder on board for the next phases of their projects as well. So it just goes to show you how highly regarded he is in world football as well. But yeah, again, from everyone here at Copper and Fracas, I can only say, Ginny Wilder, thank you very much for all of those five fantastic years that you gave Liverpool Football Club and everything you helped us achieve during those five years as well. And you will be missed. The number five shirt will be a heavy one to 
Phil. Speaking of filling shirts, um, let's talk about a little bit of transfer stuff. Um, this has been bloody rumoured for God knows how long now. It feels like it's been rumoured for about two months. Um, Ibrahim Akonate seems to be drawing ever, ever close to becoming a Liverpool player. So as we do say hello or oh, oh, bonjour, bonjour to, to one person incoming, we have to say goodbye to someone else. Uh, and it would appear that Liverpool aren't taking the option to sign Ozan Kabak. Um, what do you guys think about the decision um, to bring Kanate into the club? I mean, we've had conversations about this before. Uh, Els, I'll start with you. Do you think it's, do you think it's, a, it's a wise and shrewd investment? Um, from his profile, yes, he looks. He looks. Um, he looks like a player that will fit in. What is he? That six five. He's quick, strong, good in the air, good footballer. Something else to bring it out. He's almost a matic replacement, who's a bit quicker, from what I can see. Um, so yeah, it looks like um, it is a a very good shrewd um, pickup from Liverpool. I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of comments. About him, um, I, I listened to a brief comment on Twitter. Someone was saying that he has a potential to to be a world class player. So it's everything that we've wanted, or everything that we do want. Sorry, in the team, um, there's nothing wrong with having four or five quality players in one position, because as as you've seen this season, mate, he <laughs> gets a bit techy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, again, when we done our I think when we done our list of centre backs that we won on for our Patreon piece last in the world, I was going to say last season. It was only last uh, last. It feels like it was. Yeah, I'm saying it was only last winter. <laughs> uh, he was a name that popped up, and it's a name that we talk about. So yeah, we're looking forward to seeing him coming. Hopefully, the deal goes through. But obviously, with with Quebec leave, with oh, sorry, yeah, with Quebec leaving, I know um, he's a player that you generally admire, Chris. What? How do you feel about that? Um. No, I, I get it from I get it from certain points of view. I think in terms of a long term prospect, uh, I, he's better for me stylistically than a Nat Phillips or a Reese Williams. Um, I think he's got more more room to grow. Um, it maybe it might be a case of them trying to take up a little bit of a less of an option um, in terms of the, the fee for him. Obviously, it is eighteen million plus add ons, so it might be something that comes to around twenty million. Um, and Schalke need the money now, but. Yeah, I mean, it, you see how Nat Phillips has kind of ended this season. He has ended quite strongly. Um, you've, you've got to give him his dues and his kudos on that. So, look, I, 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 I go back. I go back to the Bible here and I look at the binding of Isaac. Um, you know, God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son, and Abraham has to comply. So, I mean, if Kabak has to go to allocate funds to another player coming in of a higher quality. Sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to kind of take the L's on this, but no, I mean it's it is a little bit shit because you saw his excitement and obviously coming to the club. Um, there's a little bit of revisionist history now from kind of journalists and stuff saying they you know he's, he was only an emergency option, blah 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 blah. When we know for a fact that he was linked as a permanent option that summer, and he's been tracked yeah. for a while. So it is it is what it is from that end. But yeah, um, a bit, bit of an odd one. I, I do think for the fee, if you can get the fee lowered down, if it's if it's mind games. Or a negotiation tactic that the guys are trying, you know, that the team are trying to do to get him in. Fair play, but I think to let him go and potentially not cash in on Nat Phillips when his value at the moment is his highest possible peak um, would would be a bit silly. But Pete, what do you what do you think about it? What do you think about the decision to let Kabak go? 
Um, yeah, I, I, I can see it to be honest, just in terms of obviously Kanate coming in. That's that is the number one choice in terms of coming in. So I think there's not a better profile that suits us in terms of playing on on the very high line. Um, being, Agreed. Being aerially dominant, um, bring out the ball. Like I don't think there's a profile that suits us more in, in football as a centre back in terms of Kanate's profile. Let's just hope that he um, doesn't get injured again. But um, with Quebec, I think. You know what, Quebec, you're right, to be honest. Like, Quebec suits us more than Phillips. So, in terms of Quebec, is able to... He's, I think he's pretty decent with his feet. He's quite decent in the air. Um, he's a bit faster than Phillips. Um, he does suit us more than, more than Phillips. But my thing is that, like, I think 18 million, I think it's just a bit too much to spend on your fifth-choice centre-back. So, obviously, we still have Matip there. We still have Van Dijk, Gomez, and obviously Brian Canate. And as a fifth-choice centre-back, Although I think the fifth choice centre back will get a lot of games because we've got about three centre backs who'll come back from injury. I think fifth, yeah, eight million is a bit too much. So if he was getting them for less than ten million, I'll be like, cool, you know what I'm saying? Bring in Quebec. But as we like, we've already got a competent, a competent centre back who, if he's happy to be fifth place with Nat Phillips, then just let him be a fifth place and allocate the funds elsewhere, like you said. So um, I think, yeah, like I think Quebec's done well enough to get a move elsewhere. If it's to RB or it's to another, even Leicester, you know what I'm saying? Those are big, big teams. So he really shouldn't be like gutted that he can't get me to Liverpool because those are big teams that he'll play in week in, week out, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, if we, hopefully we can keep Phillips and he's able to be fifth place, you know what I'm saying? He's happy to be fifth place. So I think with Phillips as well, I've got to give him credit because he's pretty different to all the cinematics that we have already in terms of like, He's really, really happy with people just flinging it in, in and heading it out and being like um, physically dominant. So he's really happy to be on the front foot and just, you know what I'm saying, deal with um, physically dominant um, strikers, you know what I'm saying? So we haven't really got to back like that. I think the closest we've got like that is to like Van Dyke, but Van Dyke, even he's still a very cool customer, you know what I'm saying? So having one centre back who's really front footed, and, you know, in the last 10 minutes of the game, when people bring on your likes of like Ashley Barnes and Chris Woods. We can also bring on a Phillips, you know what I'm saying? So you can have that option there. So, but yeah, no, I think um, Quebec, he's, he's done well, man. But yeah, sometimes just doesn't work out. Sometimes you have to fight Brexit with Brexit. Um, as you said there, Pete, I completely agree. Um, no, I, I do agree. I think if, yeah, Schalke Schal are in a position where they need, need the money now, obviously being relegated into the Bundesliga too. Um, and you know, if there's a deal there to be had where we kind of just give them 10 million pounds up front, one payment, I think I think they'd I mean they'd happily take it to reinvest in the other areas of their squad. And speaking of in you know investing in you know other areas of of, of of the squad, um what do you guys preferably want to see Liverpool do this summer? What key areas do you want to see addressed? Obviously, we can kind of say we can safely say that centre back has been boxed off at this point. Um, and Els, I'll, I'll come to you first. What are the key areas that you want to see Liverpool really target and strengthen um, this upcoming summer? Um, yeah, with Julie Gobi, we need to um, bolster up our central midfield with a quality attacking midfielder. Somebody's going to get some goals. Somebody's going to be a bit different. Um, so yeah, we we do that. We do that. I know we've been linked with Basuma. Um, I like him. I do really like Basuma, but I, I want something a bit different from our midfield. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, we're gonna have, let's say, we have like a Thiago. We have a. I was about to say Genie then. Thiago, Hendo, Fabinho, 
I mean, these are all sensible midfielders who can play disciplined roles. We just need someone else who's going to, you know, take the handbrake off a bit and, and go forward. Obviously, um, if rumours are to be believed, Naby might be leaving the club. So that's a player that we might have to replace and someone who can who can do a job attacking-wise. Obviously, Curtis Jones is going to get more minutes. Um, there's a player in there to get at least five, six goals. He's a bit, he's a player that, Tries to, he's very progressive, tries to get the ball into the box as quick as possible. So that's going to be nice to see. But yeah, I would rather us spend money on a creative midfielder who can get the ball from deep, beat a couple of men, have a shoot or bring in the attackers to play. And I'm very, very um, pressed and we have to get a forward. We must get a forward. If we can't get two, we're going to have to get one elite forward who can play left or right because we need to take the burden off the Manes and the Salas of this world. Ideally, I would like a centre-forward and a, a winger because we don't have any one-on-one -on -one players. But with um, Harvey Elliott coming back, I believe he's going to get some minutes in there. So we, we do need we do need another forward, in my opinion. So, yeah, so that's a, a central midfielder and a forward, which is high, high of priority for me. Pete, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I completely agree, you know. Um, do you know what? I'm kind of, before I was really, like, high on Basuma, but I'm kind of, like, um, I'm still high on him, but, like, it's kind of going down a little bit, just in terms of the fact that I think we're still going to have the same problems that, like, people complain of Genie of. And I think, to be honest, I think Genie's probably a bit better attacking-wise than Basuma. So I think Genie's probably a bit better in terms of going forward, finishing off chances. I do think Basuma has a lovely strike on him. He has a lovely long strike, but I don't really see him in advanced positions. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how he would cope to play. He, he's, he's not a guy. He's not a guy that you're going to see pop up in the the eighteen yard box. Yeah, like yeah. But also, that's that's the way Graham Potter plays. And I know Graham Potter. He kind of plays in a really like structured system, so everyone has to do what Graham Potter says. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, but I don't know how Basuma would adapt to playing as an eight. But obviously, I do like that idea of Basuma. But I'm more in the camp of getting someone who's able to contribute as being on the ball maybe creating chances. If they can't create chances, then taking chances, you know what I'm saying? They need to contribute with G plus A um, contributions next season in terms of getting a centre mid that can do that. And obviously, like, you have the likes of maybe like Awa, um, Kessie, um, people like the players like that who hopefully can contribute to the attack. But yeah, um, so centre mid, if you can't get two, then just get one who can contribute to the attack. Um, a forward, so I've always said I like Rafinha, um, Obviously, Sancho might be out of our price bracket. I'm not sure if he is or not. And um, a nine, hopefully. Um, do you know what? I kind of want um, a right, a fullback, you know, but a fullback that actually can play. So, and getting these like Costas and like Robertson played 38 out of 38, out of 38 Premier League games. Like, that's just not acceptable. Another year of playing every single game in the campaign. Like, poor guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the best we can do is bring on a bring on a bloody Milner to fill in that left back. You know what I'm saying for him? Like, it's just it's getting a bit ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're so fortunate that he's not picking up injuries. Like, have you seen it with Harry Maguire? Harry Maguire, he's played so many games that literally now he, he picked up an injury. You know what I'm saying? And he's trying to play in his final, but he's only got one leg. You know what I'm saying? And we're so fortunate that Robertson is so durable. We need another fullback that can play. So, yeah, I think that it's not as high as a sentiment and a striker, but I think that should be in our priorities as well. No, I, I completely agree. And, and, and listen, you guys are going to get the opportunity to simulate 
Uh, aren't you lucky? Aren't you got your guys are gonna get the opportunity to simulate uh, Liverpool's upcoming transfer window with the patient exclusive transfer game? Um, this is something that we did last year and it went down really well. And it's something we'll be repeating again this upcoming summer. The teams have been done, so I'm looking forward to sharing them in the next 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 week or so. But yeah, the concept of transfer game is uh, I, I give the guys a specified amount of money, I'm not gonna say how much it is because I want them to hear it out of my mouth first. Um, they get to sell whichever players they deem are sellable. Um, they get a percentage of that fee. They get an overall transfer spend. They can go into the market and bring in who they want. And it's always interesting seeing the different approaches of who, who people want to get out the door um, and, and who they bring in, really, in terms of different philosophies, you know, and, and the key focus areas for Liverpool to improve on. And, you know, with, with, with this, this year, there's some more twists and turns uh, with what happens. So there's some interesting scenarios that do come out if the guys select specific players. And that, again, that is a Patreon exclusive where you'll be able to listen to that exclusively from us here at Cop and Fracker. So do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Cop and Fracker and subscribe for as little as £3 a month. I was going to say a day then. That's not right. Uh, <laughs> it's worth £3 a day, bloody hell. Um, but yeah, now it's it's been an interesting season, to say the least. Uh, a long slog. I think we can comfortably say that. L's and P. Um and I want to say it's been an absolute pleasure to host this pod for the for, for this season. Uh, there's been some low moments. The Aston Villa 7-2 comes to mind, where we basically had a post-mortem live Kill on the pod. <laughs> that, was a, that, was, that, was, that was rough. We had Ellis saying, you know, opponents legislating for the outcome of the game when we drew to Everton and all the injuries <laughs> happened. Um, but no, man, it's been it's been a fun season. It's been Fun season. It's been it's been a weird season, but it's been fun to comment and comment and talk about with the guys on a weekly basis. Um, and we're not going to stop there. You know, all throughout the summer, we'll be kind of commenting on everything going on Liverpool FC FC wise. The pods probably won't be as long as they are today, but rest assured, you'll get your cop and fracas fix on a weekly basis. And most importantly, I want to thank you guys, our valued listeners and watchers on YouTube, for sticking with us for the journey. Uh, and, and again, like we did say, I had some bumpy bumpy rides and weird twists and turns but ultimately we got there in the end and we secured Champions League football for yet another season and somehow finished third which is still funny um, but yeah thank you guys for, for, for tuning in and listening and being such valued listeners to us here at Copper and we really appreciate you and all the help and support you give us but that has been your final main Copper and Fracas episode for the 2020-2021 season I've been your host, Chris. I've been joined by Ellis, Peter, and Harold uh, for this week's episode. We'll be back next week with some more transfer talk, some more interesting concepts and stuff we'll be coming up with. But again, if you want a bit more of an in-depth and intimate review with the guys, uh, end-of-season reviews, strategies, transfers, AOB, uh, we've got really good interviews planned for this summer as well. And the only place to be for that content is the Patreon page. So again, www.patreon.com forward slash the link is in the description in the pod below and in the YouTube description as well. But that has been your Cop and Fracast for this week. We'll see you soon. Hey.
Social Podcast Network.